This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 143 of Banging on the Drum. Please remember to go out there, like, subscribe, download, share, share with your buddies, um, do all that, do all that good stuff. Uh, Mike, I, I got thrown off by uh, having to put everything in there, but as always, I'm your host, P-Dog, joined alongside with our co-host, M-Dog. M-Dog, how you doing today? Uh, doing well. So today we're going to be breaking down the Bucks and the Badgers basketball teams. Um, just kind of getting into it with, uh, I forget, Kerry Kevin, Kevin. Kerry Kevin. And then K9 Kyle. So Kerry Blue Kevin is our friend that has went to the most Badger games that we know. And uh, K9 Kyle is our friend that has gone to the most Bucks games that we know. That's how we get our experts these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Um, anyway, going to be breaking that stuff down, really getting back into the swing of things. Um, how did you do? Did you watch any Bucks games where either of them nationally televised? That's a good question. I definitely watched the one that was nationally televised most recently because I did a write up on it. So I think I'm one for one. In I am way. two for two. I think that. I missed some of the game on Blazers. Yep. Cause Dane went back to, to okay, yeah. Portland. So that one's nationally televised. So yes, I did see that one front to back, but you said you're two for two. Yep. Two for two. I watched, I think like all but like three minutes in the first half of both probably. So yeah, no, I caught both Nebraska and Purdue basketball games. One thing interesting that I found out is Mike is a complete psychopath. He's the person that has 32,000. No, 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 no. 3,200 emails. 3,200. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I found that emails in my, my personal account. My work account is clean. Like it's, I have emails in there. Like we're not going to like be crazy or nothing. I don't delete emails very often, but I read every email I get at work. And then my personal account, I don't, I got 3,200 emails, but if you want to email me, like that'd be unique and I'd probably not see it. And then it'd be sitting there until I got deleted. Yeah. So we're trying out this new platform again. We didn't get the video out last week, but I was like, Mike, I emailed you, uh, the link so you can get like right on there and you can look at the stuff too. And Mike said, I have 32,000 or 33,200 unread emails blew my freaking mind. But yeah, I think that is psychotic. Um, they're all like shit that I don't need except for like, probably there's probably like. 30 emails in all of that that I would even like dare to like care about. Dude, I just couldn't even handle having like that much red on my screen. I guess there's a couple things that I let like be like red and out or red, like, you know, the notifications or whatever. Uh, but yeah, but yeah so that one's tucked in a tiny folder in my phone. So in my phone, it's in a small folder. It has two things in it. So you I don't have talk. to see the red every day. No, no, doesn't okay. tell me that, that I might have notifications turn off for my emails. Too. Okay. Because I don't like red on my, on my screen. Well, so that. That might make it easier for me uh, to ignore all that. I'm going to announce my one big life change. I think I turned into a, I'm going to pour my beer in a glass guy with Miller Lite at the very least. For some reason, I've been drinking a couple of Miller Lights. Miller Lite is better out of glass. Okay. I, I mean, so like, <laughs> okay. I different, different opinions on uh, like canned glass, bottles, plastic, right? So at least Sundrop, you're a bottles guy and I'm a cans guy, which I, I can't really understand why anybody would want it out of the bottle. But I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It just tastes better to me. But we're gonna do this. This is a five minute intro. We got 15 seconds left. Like Mike said earlier, we're gonna be going to the Bucks with K9 Kyle. Well, first we're gonna go to the Badgers with Kerry Blue Kevin. Bucks, K9 Kyle. Then we got a little Badgers talk, a little Packers uh, yeah, defense coordinator. So, so that is what we're gonna be doing with this show. So stay tuned. And the next thing you will be hearing is our interview with Kerry Blue Kevin. Now, welcoming to the show, UW Madison graduate, 2006 handstand champion. 2008 tractor pull participant, our buddy who's been <laughs> to the most badger games of any of our other buddies this year, Carrie Blue, Kevin Anderson. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing good. Good to be back on the show, guys. Good to have yes, you. Yes, we're glad. Yeah, for sure. Because we have tuned out most of the badger season. I think I've caught, since the football season has been over, at least for the Packers, we've been pretty plugged in. But we're bringing you in here to give us the rundown of how this season's gone so far. So that that is going to be your responsibility. I do have some questions. I don't know if you looked at the ones that I sent to you. Yep. 
Yeah, I got it. And Mike, do you want to rip the questions? I don't want to take the whole. Yeah, yeah, I'll take some of them. Uh, so, Kevin, how many games have you been to? Uh, today was my fifth one. So, so you did make it today. Nice. Yeah, I had to buy these tickets. Uh, my wife gets tickets from her old boss's boss, who's a snowbird and lives down in like New Mexico or something. So he gives us free tickets, really nice tickets above the first level uh, tunnel of the Badgers. Um, so we went to a bunch of Big Ten ones. The best game we went to before this one was Michigan State. Um, but yeah, so far this year has been a good one for Badger basketball. It's been a little bit uh, up and down lately, but overall, like the team's pretty strong and like they're very deep this year compared to the last few years. So they have a lot of talent and I can get into that a little bit, but. Yeah, been to five games and the Cole Center starting to pick up back kind of where it used to be as far as atmosphere. The kids are back in school now. So, um, you know, there's a lot more energy in the student sections. Uh, really good. I don't know if you're here on TV today, but they did a bunch of fuck Zach E chants like five times. So I don't know if you can hear yeah. that. I don't think that came through on uh, not on my podcast, but I might like we had ours turned down pretty well. We were with a bunch of people. Um, so the environment's turning like a little bit more towards what it used to be, which was like the Grateful Red. Now I do, I did notice that they call them like Area Red. Yeah, or something it's like Area that. Red. I don't, I don't know why they changed it. I don't know if there's a copyright thing or if they were just trying to rebrand. Uh, it's a little weird, but they do some new like chants and like they like tear up these newspapers and throw confetti on the first bucket that we make. And they're, they're good. Like, so the first game I went to this year was Tennessee and that was a good game we lost and Tennessee's top five. So they're really good this year. Um, and then I went to a couple other Big Ten games, but it was a little bit quiet when the students weren't in session, but they were back a couple of weeks ago. So since then, it's been pretty electric. Today was awesome. Obviously, we didn't get the win, but uh, it was a good atmosphere and it was loud the whole time, which was sweet. So uh, how do like people around town feel about the team? Yeah, I think people are really optimistic this year. Like, I think we knew that we had some talent. Uh, some people have stepped up and... We had a big transfer, AJ Store, uh, who's originally from Rockford, Illinois. He played for St. John's last year, but he's been one of our best scorers this year. And he's he reminds me of Lando Tucker, where he's got a good bounce, like he can he can dunk it, uh, he can shoot a little bit. Uh, it's a little awkward. Like today, really hurt him because he had some bad shot selection. He's been awesome. Um, I think people feel good about this team. Like we're we're more deep than we have been in the past few years. So we play like between eight and ten people a game, which is really uncharacteristic. Usually we play seven or eight, um, but this year, like scoring comes from all over, and people have been. Uh, sharing the ball really well and like different guys have stepped up in different games so again i think we feel like this like people would say that this team obviously doesn't go to the tournament but think we can make a run in the tournament it just depends because as you guys know it's like same old badger basketball when it comes to we, we can hang with anybody but we can also lose to anybody so it's a little stressful that way go scoreless for about five minutes there on a stretch yeah, just like the nebraska game the other day so obviously they were up like what, 18 or 19 and i think the time was 19 yeah, I was at Trivia, and I left at half from Trivia to go home and got back and was tied, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they've they beat some good teams. They they beat Virginia. They beat Michigan State twice, which we haven't done since, like, 03, 04. So they've done some good things, and they've hung with the tough teams, too. But they haven't got, like, they beat Marquette. That was their best win this year. But besides that, they've just come short in a Purdue game today and then um, a game earlier this year that they could have won, too. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to hop in real quick. So the first real game that I got to lock into was the Nebraska game. And to your points, it seemed like there was a good section where, you know, Chucky stepped up and scored seven in a row. And then Klesman hit like seven in a row or whatever, six in a row or six points. And then Storr went off there for a little bit. Yeah. I guess my question is, what happened with a Asijin where it seemed like it was pretty go-to a CGM when we needed some scoring last year. Whereas I guess he played more today than I seen him play in the brass game, but like that blew my mind because I expected to tune into the Badgers and a CGM just to have taken another step forward. And that's why this team went from beginning of the season, none ranked, and then 
where we are now. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long way. Yeah, so he's 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 still a bucket. Like he can shoot. But the start of the year was a little rough for him. Like his shooting wasn't there. He got banged up, hurt a little bit early on. And then defensively, he was just a sieve. Like guard even said it a couple times. He's like, he's not guarding to what we need him to guard to. Like and he he shoot a bunch and not make it. So if you have a shooter who's not playing defense and not making his shots, it's kind of hard to play. Klasman's really stepped up this year. Like he had uh, the last month he's been on fire and just every game he's been kind of that guy and he plays good defense. So like he's basically taken Connor's minutes. And so it sucks. I mean, Connor's come on more of late. And so his shooting and scoring is still there. Um, he's been playing better defensively too. So he'll, he'll keep getting more minutes, uh, but we just haven't needed him because guys like store and Klesman have stepped up and, you know, it's unfortunate because like if, you know, if he keeps losing playing time, he might transfer or something next year. But I mean, I think he's a team guy and he's done a good job, like hanging in there and the, the crowd's really supported him. He's a fan favorite, but we haven't needed him as much this year. So it's good that we're deep enough to where he doesn't have to play so much and we can still do good, but it'd be good for him to kind of make more shots and get back into the rotation a little bit more. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> yeah. I don't even know where to go with that. That was a good answer, but, but yeah, Mike, I'm cut. Don't worry. I'll cut some of this stuff out there. Uh, so what's the best thing to say about this team where you would sound like I've been watching every game, right? So like, what's the smartest thing I can say about this team? that makes it seem like, oh, you've been tuning in since early December, or late November, whenever they start. Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned a couple times with their depth, like every night you don't know who's going to be the leading scorer and store usually will be, but there's been guys like Klesman who have been hot and Crowell's had some good games, Wall's had some good games. So really like anybody can step up and like you need a team to go deep in March. You need them to be deep and not just be one-dimensional. Um, and we're, we're really not one-dimensional. Like we've been scoring more than past Badger teams, and so our offense has been pretty pretty good for our standard, and we've been shooting it pretty well. Like I think last year we were last in free throw percentage, and I haven't checked today, but we've been up at the top of the Big Ten in free throw percentage. So really I think if you hadn't been watching the team, like just the depth and like the fact that we have a lot of guys who are good and like our core is still there, and then store has just been added, that has helped things a lot. Like I think we're, we're a good team, and we're close to being great. I don't know if we're going to – go to the final four or anything, but I think we can definitely make a run in the tournament and possibly the big 10 tournament too. So I'm optimistic. Again, I think we have a lot of good talent and a lot of depth. Um, but yeah, I don't have any other like nuggets besides Klesman had a game where he had like what, 22 straight points or something of the Badgers. So like, yeah, something that was one of the most fun games I've seen in the last few years, just seeing someone hit every shot. It was, it was nuts. I was there for that game and it was, it's electric to see someone like just bang shot after shot. So, so you just say this, t- this team's deep. And they shoot seventy six percent from the line. Yeah, that no, that's a recipe to tournaments. So, like, well, so I yeah, was actually, I was actually thinking the opposite. That you're like, if you're playing ten guys, if you're ten guys deep, generally you're going to cut it down to seven or eight come tournament time, right? You're going to play your best yeah. seven or eight. Who are the odd men out? Uh, Carter Gilmore. I mean, he's he's like one of the less talented guys in the team, but he plays really good defense and rebounds really well. So like, he's just someone you need to like play minutes so that you don't rack up fouls on crawl and wall. So he's someone that, like, as long as they're not in foul trouble, he won't play as much. Uh, and then it just probably depends on what guard's going to play. So, like, if Klesman's having an off night, Connor will probably step in. Um, and then we have really good freshmen. Do I haven't even mentioned John Blackwell? He's a freshman that has been a stud that was decently touted, but not, like, a, a, a high four-star. I think he was a three-star from Michigan. Um, so, anyway, like, yeah, it's tough because I think they're going to roll with eight people probably in the tournament, and they're just going to have to ride the hot hand. But I think because everyone can play and shoot a little bit, too, like, they don't have to have just that one guy. And Storr's going to be their main scorer so the, he's their dynamic player he's someone that has nba potential um but then they still have their their guys that they can go to so i'm long-winded way of saying i don't know who they're going to cut like minutes wise i think they're just going to ride the hot hand and and i guess another thing too that i haven't mentioned either is chucky has been way down in scoring this year but he's been running the offense really well and still playing good d 
So he's a guy who's like still clutch, still a guy you want, but his offense has been down late, but he can run run the team pretty well. So we don't need him to be the main guy anymore, which is nice because I think other other people are more talented than him. So all right. So you were at the game today. Um this is like a six versus two matchup, right? Um what was your kind of assessment of today's game? Yeah, I mean, early on, we took an early lead, uh, and then we hung around. I mean, we pretty much were within four for a long stretch of the game, and then, yep. um, yeah, so the crowd was definitely helping, like, super loud. The the fans were awesome. Um, like, every bucket early on was just, like, it, it, these high-intensity games are awesome. Like, I love the NBA. Like, their shot-making stuff's way better to watch, but, like, the atmosphere of college basketball is, is so sweet. And so, like, come tournament time, like, playing games like this is going to help them. But... Yeah, they they didn't shoot. They shot poorly from three today. I think they were like I don't know, like three of twenty one or something, or three of nineteen, something like that. They were. I know they were zero for eleven in the second half. Yeah, so they did hit a three, three and a half. They, they had really bad shot selection in the second half too. Store while he's a scorer, like he can really be stupid and just take like a long pull up three, which isn't his main game. He'll make some sometimes, but he had really bad shots that led to points down the, the other end. And then we did hit, hold Zach Eady pretty well. You know, the tall guy from Purdue, seven four. He's he's got some skill. He's really tall. Uh, it's just like yeah. hard to hard to defend, but they did a good job defending him. It's just their other scorers for Purdue couldn't miss. And so I think we lost because we didn't hit a three in the second half and our shot selection down the end was pretty bad. Towards the end, too, the refs were a little questionable, but I mean, that's not why we lost. Like we definitely lost because we deserved to, but there, there was some in the last two or three minutes, they were getting pretty picky on fouls and everything. So a couple things go our way differently. We could have won that game, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm happy they, you know, Purdue's going to be a final four contender. So they hung with them and we could have won. Um, I wish it went differently, but it was a fun game. So. Yeah, worst three-point shooting performance of the year versus the best team that you played in. Yeah. Everything just looked tough at the end of that game from like my perspective. I was like, they're not getting an easy bucket anywhere. Like Everything you just had to work so hard for. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what it was. Like I think Purdue did a good job on defense, and we didn't rebound as well as we could have either. Like They got a lot of second-chance opportunities, but uh, it is what it is. Like is. I'm happy they played well. I, I think we could have won, and we didn't. There's a lot of Purdue fans there, too, which... Credit to them. There was this little kid in my section who was just like, every time they, Purdue did something, he just turned the crowd and, and I'm like, <laughs> did you just I give know, him the bird? I know, did you give him like a two? Shh. I am? No. I Yeah, I just, you know, you can't hit a kid or anything. But well, Don't hit him. <laughs> I just like yell obscenity at him or something. No, no, I, I behave myself. But, you know, it's... <laughs> They they were they were good fans too, so it was fun. Uh, and yeah, and way up you don't want fans that are just like quiet, like when their team like is you're in their building and winning. Like you should, yeah. I feel like you you want yeah. a little bit of smack talk coming out of somebody. Yeah, else. no, you should talk crap and you should definitely like cheer. Like that's the Ohio State game this year for football. Like I was like every time we did something good, I was just getting up in their face and just like really loud and obnoxious because they were being that to me. So you know it's playful banter, but no, I wasn't going to hit the kid, but he was pissing me off. So. <laughs> very very good, yeah, very it, good. It, the Bucks eat dirt kid uh, back when we were at a Bucks Miami game when Miami was the big three. There was a kid in our section that was a big Miami fan telling us that the Bucks eat dirt. And we couldn't the really, whole game. Really just tell him different because we did eat dirt back then. So yeah, it was it wasn't pretty. He was right. They ate dirt. Uh, so who have you seen as like the biggest surprises on the team? I know you mentioned um, some guys that came in and like Store and Klesman have been good, but what are the biggest surprises? I think we can say pretty easily the biggest negative surprise would be Isijin, right? Like yeah, him not having a big role on this team is a pretty big surprise. But as far as positive surprises outside of store and Klesman, like, and maybe those two are the biggest ones, but like, is there somebody that's really made an impact on the team? Yeah. So I'll just mention Klesman real quick. Cause like, he's someone who scored at Wofford. That's where he played as a freshman. And then he transferred last year. And so 
you can always tell he had talent, but like he's really stepped up this year. So obviously him, but if it's not him, like John Blackwell, the freshman, like getting good minutes, like he can defend really well, he can shoot and he can go to the hole. Um, he is definitely going to be a stud for us in the future. And like he's already getting minutes that, you know, we usually don't give freshmen. So it's good to see him step up. I mean, Nolan Winters, uh, our backup center, um, and he still looks like a little lost out there sometimes, but he's added some good offense too. Like, so he, he can shoot the three and just like spell crawl and crawl is in foul trouble or uh, needs minute, needs rest. So Blackwell for sure is probably the biggest positive surprise. And then just to touch on Connor again, it's like, I still think he has a big role with this team and I still think he he's going to be there at the end of it, end of it all. We need him to be, um, but he just needs to be, you know, he's been a great team player too, but there's going to be a time where he's going to get hot and he's going to just play a great game and he's going to get more minutes. So um, I still expect him to make an impact come tournament time. Oh yeah. It looked like they were trying to use him to get it back with, or get it back close today. So. Yeah. And he can still, I mean, he still is every time he shoots it, you think it's going in like, even when it doesn't, it still looks good. So like, it's just one of those things he's going to be streaky because he's a shooter. So you just got to keep giving him reps and see what happens. So I, I'd like to see him play a little more, but also if there's other people that are doing good, like we don't have to play him as much. And I think that's fine. And, you know, it, it it sucks with the transfer portal era too, right? Because it's like, well, if he's not going to get his shots, it's like, I'll go somewhere else and someone will love to have me. But, um, you know, I'd like him to stay around and we'll see what happens. Um, I still think there's a big role for him though. So we'll see what happens in the, the coming weeks. All right. I'm going to give you a two-parter here and then we'll be close to the end with this. So with however many games we have left, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, what do you think our record is going to be? And what kind of seed do you think that this Badger team is going to go? I'm going to make it a three-parter. And what do you think they're going to drop to after losing two straight? So the sixth seed drop in two games straight. They got, what do I say, nine games left. One against Illinois, who's ranked 14th at home. Or no, and Purdue at Purdue. So I guess, yeah, what's the record on out? What seed are we getting? And what do you think we're going to see as a seed tomorrow? Or a rank. Yeah. Uh, so just the rank, uh, I'd say we probably are back to where we were. I was kind of surprised we jumped up to six, to be honest. Like a bunch of teams in front of us lost. And I knew we should have been in the top 10, but up to number six was too high, obviously. Um, I, there'd probably be like 15 or something. Like, I don't know which teams uh, behind them lost, but they'll definitely move back to the teams. But that's probably where they are in that sweet spot. Uh, rest of the way, I would say if there's nine games, I'd say we probably go six and three, seven and two. There's a lot of weaker opponents that we definitely should handle. And I think we can beat Illinois and Purdue. It's those are going to be tough. So if you chalk up those, I'd probably say six and three. And um, you know, maybe if they keep skidding, maybe they lose four. But I, there's a lot of the, the lower part of the Big Ten that they're playing that I hope that they step up because they have beat those teams this year. I mean, Nebraska that you know they're not amazing, but they could be a tournament team. So it's not like that was the worst loss in the world besides the fact we were up. Um, and then the third part was what what seed they'll be in the tournament? Yes. Uh, well, depends because if they can reel off some wins and beat Illinois or Purdue, like they're definitely probably have like a top three seed. And then uh, you said you don't want me to say they're a four seed. So I would say they could be a three seed. Uh, I don't think they'll be a one seed. I don't think they'll probably be a two seed. I think I forgot I sent you that. That was a note to myself, but I did send that to you. What, so I got a question here on the four seed. Like, isn't it worse to be like if we run into being a five seed? Oh, it is five twelve. Yeah, five, I was thinking. Yeah. There's always. I was thinking four twelve. Five twelve and four thirteen are always ones that get upset first round. I mean, I really think this team should get to the Sweet Sixteen. I think we're good enough, and it depends on how we're going to play. Like, I hope that we continue to play well, beat the teams we're supposed to, hang tough with Illinois and Purdue, and then if we can do that, make a run in the Big Ten tournament, then I think we'll get to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I would be surprised if we lost straight away. But I mean, again, we can lose to anybody, but I think we can beat a lot of teams, and I think we can beat anybody. So. You know, I'll, I'll say we'll be a three seed and I'll say we'll go six and three the rest of the way. And we'll probably be somewhere around 10 to 12 come like our, our rank going into the tournament. So I think that'd be a three seed. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because if you do look at our losses, like you said, Tennessee's tough team, lose to them at home. But other ones are like teams that play tough at home, like Providence. Yeah, Providence is a good team. Tennessee's a good team. Obviously, Tennessee's a good team. Purdue, Nebraska played good at home. I mean, we lost to Penn State on the road, too. So you're going to lose some games in the Big Ten on the road. So I'm not too worried about where they're at now. If they have a little skid here, I'll be a little bit more worried. But I think they'll turn it around, hopefully, against Michigan next. And then uh, they have some chance to get some wins um, before they play Illinois and Purdue. So I think they can do it. And I'm still optimistic on this team as a whole. Awesome. Three seed going into the tournament and winning seven of their last nine games. So our last question we have for you here is who's winning the Super Bowl son, next Sunday? And you can't choose the Meteor. Yeah. Well, was it last time Super Bowl pick for me? I think I picked the Red Sox. I think I picked the Red Sox, but this time. <laughs> oh, I forgot we did that. Yeah, I wasn't. I barely made it out of the show. And for some reason, I had baseball in my mind. So I picked them. But, you know, I'll take the Chiefs just because, like, they're they're having a down year for them. And, like, Mahomes is still Mahomes. Like, I think Brock Purdy has been solid. Like, but I still think he's not, like, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on him. And their team around him is so good. But there's just something about the Chiefs. And, like, I think. They're going to win, and then the confetti's going to fall, and then Travis Kelsey's going to get on one knee and propose to Taylor Swift, and the world's going to shit their pants, and it's going to go crazy. So that kind of conspiracy theory thing. And then, um, no, I hope it's a good game. Do you think this is planned too, Kevin? (laughs) No, definitely don't. But, you know, uh, it'd be be funny to see that happen. Um, I don't know. I want to see a good game. Uh, I think either team can win. Um, But I'll just take the Chiefs. And what's the spread on the game? Do you guys have that? or? I think it opened at San Francisco minus two, and now it might be one. It's basically one a pick right? So it's like Mahomes yeah. or 49ers who should win. They're the better team, but one game sample. So I don't know. What do you guys have? Are you not making your picks yet? Well, I, no, I, we haven't even talked I about haven't, it yet. Uh, so like, I don't. I'm leaning San Francisco right now, I will say. Uh, just because I think there's too many people that I hear. That That's how my betting brain works is I've heard too many people say the Chiefs, so I just fade it. So I've sucked at betting this year, though. Yeah, so I I am uh, in the Chiefs camps mostly because of the way the Niners defense has played lately. And I'm like, that could change real quick. Right? Like somebody could like throw a stat out that I'm like, oh, that's it. Niners are going to win it. And then I I think that while Purdy is good, he is a liability to that team. Like he's probably one of the like pieces that could make the mistake on that yeah. team. Right. And so that's what, where I feel with Purdy. Like, not that he's not good. Like, I, I don't want to tear him down, but I just feel like if there's going to be a mistake, it's coming from him on that offense. Yep. Uh, I'll throw out my Gatorade color. I'll just say it's orange. I don't know why. There's bet on that. That's probably got good odds. So yeah, we got two red teams. And don't you th- like, don't you think it is your red team? Why would you have to have red Gatorade? It's like, whatever. Red Gatorade. I mean, no, you got to look back. The best flavor, too. The Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. I don't know what it was the last two times they won, but you probably look what that was. I'm just guessing orange because I like the orange one and whatever. All right. So if you're listening to Kevin, you bet on the Badgers uh, in seven of the last nine games. Take the Chiefs, orange Gatorade. But as always, Kevin, thank you for coming on, catching us up on our Badgers stuff. We love you, buddy. And thank you. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Now welcoming to the show, our second UW-Madison graduate, second place in the handstand championship, third place in the tractor pull in Toma, our buddy that goes to the most Bucks games out of anybody we know, coming back to the show for his fourth time, we have K9 Kyle. How you doing, K9 Kyle? Good, I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're drinking beers out of glasses. Mike's drinking monsters. Yeah, like alcoholic monsters. I'd say 
I don't think they have any caffeine, but they taste real good if you're interested. I hate energy drinks, so I'm assuming I'd hate that, but happy for yeah, you. That's yeah. yeah, that's fair. They would not be good. It sounds awful. <laughs> I've turned into a pour the beer in the glass guy. Oh, yeah. I think I just turned into it. Yes. You, you've been on that kick? Oh, yeah. Especially with like craft beers or like nicer beers, but like last night I had a couple like craft and I was pouring another light in the cup after. So that's Cheers. what we got. But, but so when we bring Kyle on, we bring him on to talk about the Bucks and Kyle. We'll get right to it. So Mike and I have kind of been out of the loop just following the Packers, and we tuned back into the Bucks after the Packers get knocked out. Bucks fire, Adrian Griffin, hired Doc Rivers. Let us know. Let us know everything that we missed. Like, why did that move happen with the Bucks being, you know, pretty good record, second in the East, shit like that? Well, yeah, I think last time I was on, they were 10 games in, and they were like six and four, and I was pretty pessimistic at that time. Or I was complaining a lot more than I think I normally would have, right? As the team looked disconnected, the, the defense was horrible, offense wasn't performing as well as it could have. So then the month of December, you know, the Bucks kind of rebound a bit, go on a nice hot streak. I think they were like eleven and two or something like that. So they look like they're kind of coming together. Um, but they also had a really easy schedule. So that probably explains a bunch of the wins there. Um, I mean, and they're a good team, right? They, they win because they have good talent. Like the Giannis and Dame, it's gonna be a good team no matter what. But then uh New Year hits, January they drop like three or four, two to the Pacers. Um and they just look, even in their wins, they just look disconnected. They can't keep it going. They, they aren't beating bad teams by like, you know, 20 or 30 like they should be. And then right before Griffin gets fired, they barely beat the Pistons two games in a row. Obviously the worst team in the league. They I think they won six games total. So, uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't clicking. And I think they realized that they were not going to be able to win the championship with the rookie head coach. I think he might have been getting some of the blame for the players being bad too or not being as good as they should have been. But they just, they didn't seem very competent. And the coaching is a good reason why. So, fire Griffin. Uh, go a couple games before they hired Doc Rivers. I don't know what the deal was there, like why they uh, dragged that out longer than they needed to. But they just started a five-game road trip when Doc took over. So they're one and three now. They lost in the gas tonight. Um, but had a really good win last night against the Mavs after being by one point five. So just a really up and down team. Um, but I think going back to the question about the the record, like the record was good, but it was kind of beating up on some bad teams and winning, you know, in spite of coaching and other things like that. So I, I think I'm still positive, or at least. A little optimistic. I don't. I think this team could be. They could win the championship and they could get out in the first round. Like there's a lot of variation. I think so. Um, but ultimately, they're still they have two of the best players in the league. So that's a big piece right there. Yeah, I honestly don't even know if I noticed that when they fired Griffin, they played the Cavs twice. With who was coaching? Yeah, so they had, they had a weird schedule. So they played the Cavs one game. Giannis sat out. They got blown out by like forty points. Cavs are a good team, but they shouldn't be getting blown up by anyone that bad. I mean, it happens in the NBA once in a while, but just an awful game. Then they played the Pistons two games in a row. Worst team in the league. Didn't look great. It's like, you know, still won because it's a bad team that they beat. Then they played the Cavs two more times, but then that was, uh, Griffin got fired right before the second, or the the second and third right Cavs game. Yeah, right after the Pistons game. So. Okay. That is interesting. Do you know what the, like, initiative to, like, playing so many games or so many teams back-to-back this year? Is that, like, kind of the in-season tournament, kind of messing with the schedule and then just figuring out, like, where we're going to put these games so we'll just put them back-to-back? No, I, I think the NBA... Being smart. Yeah, I think the NBA is trying to do more of that because it makes it more like like a series, like, a hey, you play the game two, two times, or a team two times in a row, so maybe you make adjustments in the second game and kind of... They do it more, I think, with rivalry-type games. I mean... Not like the Cavs are a huge rival, but they're in our division. So um, I think it's like a scheduling initiative thing. I don't know if it's in season tournament also screws up things up too, right? Because we end up playing f- some teams five times. We played the Pacers five times already. I think we're going to play the Knicks five times this year too. 
So like that's part of it, I guess, too. But I swear until the Portland game, I've seen I think it was two Knicks games. So like that was yeah, they, every time I was tuning in on national TV, it was Knicks games. Yeah, they, they had a back to back versus the Knicks, or they played on the twenty third and they played on Christmas. And so yeah, they're still they're doing more of that type of stuff. But I guess too though, like it kind of makes sense with say it's like a band coming to town or like a comedian, like he's gonna be here three nights or or something like that. So Giannis is gonna be in town two nights in a row. So if you can't come see him Thursday, you get to see him Saturday. Yeah, I, probably that too, because you know, especially when there's a lot of teams that rest players like you know, you only get so many chances to see guys in your town. So, you know, if Giannis sat one game, maybe you catch him the next game kind of thing. So, like, yeah, I think that's probably part of it, too. Yeah, I don't know why, but that just kind of interests me when I was, like, looking back at the schedule. So, with everything we got going forward, I mean, you kind of answered it pretty broadly, but I guess, like, what what do we need to see as this team? I know they're the second seed in the East, still have a good record, but, like, what does this team need to do to make you feel better uh, going up against I guess I would say almost down and I haven't been watching way too much NBA this year, but like down to probably the Knicks, like where it feels like they can get bounced with these teams in the East. Yeah. Well, they're second in the East right now, but it's like by half a game, I think like we're five games behind the Celtics and then the Cavs and Knicks are right behind us. The Sixers have fallen off and Embiid's going to be out for a while. So I'm less worried about them, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I think with making a, a coaching change mid season, there's just a lot of, you know, you don't get a lot of practice time in the middle of the year. So like Doc has to kind of help clean up some of the the um, flaws and schematic issues that, that Griffin had put in place. Griffin was basically hired. It's kind of a weird hire to think about, right? Like he's a rookie head coach. He's, that's the type of coach you want to have at, with a young team, with a team that's not trying to compete for a championship. And maybe you're trying to build habits. And like his defense was like an aggressive scheme to try and like get turnovers and things like that. And we have a, we have a pretty old team, right? Like these guys have been around and been together for a while for most of the team anyway. And it just didn't make sense. And he kind of just stuck to his principles, which I, it, it's, it makes sense if you're going to you know, have a two or three year project, but not if you're all in on championship. And part of, partially he was hired before we got Dame. So, you know, maybe it made a little more sense when you have Drew Holiday as a good defender. But regardless, he didn't really tailor it to the team that he has. So with Doc, he's going to put in some more, um, I think, better defense that will suit the players. Um, they were guarding really high up on the three point line. And as a result, like because they're an older team, people were blowing by them, going right to the basket. So they've already like they haven't fully changed the defense because it's hard to do overnight, but you can tell they're already um, changing that a little bit. Like in the Mavs game, it's a good example. They they were double teaming Luca a lot yesterday, and it worked pretty well because if you're going to have someone beat you, you don't want it to be Luca. You want you know some scrub in the Mavs to, to shoot instead of him. So they didn't do that a whole lot under uh, Griffin. So that was like a small change they made. So I, I'd like to see them keep making those type of changes um, and just build on um, good habits and things like that. I think it's going to take a few weeks. Like the All Star break is in middle of February and. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them kind of start to click until after then. You know, they're on a road trip right now, so that's, that's a tough way to start Doc's term is five road games in a row against good teams like the Nuggets, and then I got the Suns, and the Mavs are a decent team. Jazz aren't pushovers either. So, um, But then, yeah, the trade deadline's coming up soon too, so I think they probably need to make a move to get... You could see them go in a few different ways, but probably a better defensive uh, wing or something to just help stop the bleeding. You know, Dame's not a great defender, so you want to have a guy out on the edge um, that can actually, like, pressure you know, do a lot better, but then you also could argue their bench unit has been awful. So they need some more scoring from the bench. So I think that they're looking for people. The problem is they're, we don't have a lot of assets, you know, gave up a lot in various trades, um, to get Drew to get Dame. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with, but I'd like to see them make some kind of move to change the status quo. And who do you think, who do you think it's put into a package to make this, well, make the grease the wheels on this? And that's, that's the hardest part is we don't have a lot of good options. It, most packages would have to be basically around Bobby or Pat. 
uh, Connison, uh, maybe Marjan or Andre Jackson, uh, the younger guys. I hate to give those guys up for for short term gains if it's uh, just because they have at least some potential. Whereas uh, Bobby can still score, but he's he takes the ball to Giannis and Davis' hands a lot. So I, I don't like the way he's been playing recently. As he's, it's tough because he's a fan favorite, but um, just has not been good this year uh, on the whole. I would say. Pat Connaughton just looks off, like has not looked good this year either. So those guys make a lot of salary and you can ship them out for matching salaries. But again, we probably have to give up a couple of second round picks. That's all we really can give up. We don't have any firsts to play with unless we somehow get back a first from a prior trade but make it worse. And that gets complicated from there. But yeah. Yeah, it's rough with only two rounds in the draft, like giving up shit that you don't really have yet. So you got to go into years of the future. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they've traded so many firsts too. Like they, I forget how many total between Dame and Drew's trades, but like I'll say five or six firsts that like we don't have a, a first round pick until, I don't know, 2029, 20, 2030, something like that. Like, so which I mean, and again, we, we, we don't really need them because we're, you know, championship or bust mode every year, but still it's hard to get deals done without it. So my dumb question here would be, so how long do we have Dame for? That wasn't like a one year. No, he's, we have him under contract this year next and i think the following year so oh yeah so screw the picks yeah, so, yeah. That, i mean that and same thing too Giannis signed his extension early in the year which was great um so he's under contract like if things go south and we do bad in the playoffs this year and don't look good going into next year okay you might hear some talk of unhappiness or you know shipping dame or Giannis out like that i mean that would obviously be a worst case scenario kind of thing um that i don't even want to think about but it's yeah and i think that oh sorry go ahead. so i mean I, th- I think they have this year to at least try and show some improvement, get out of the first round, hopefully get to a conference finals or the NBA finals is his goal, obviously. But like I said, it's, I can see it either way. When they look good, they look awesome. And when they look bad, they look confused and like, they don't know what they're doing. So is it a chemistry issue or is it a um, scheme issue? Yeah, I think there's definitely some chemistry where like Dame has been very, I feel like he defers to people a lot. There are other times people forget that Dame's on the floor and he should be the guy shooting the wide open threes, not Bobby Portis or, Jake Crowder, whoever who, I mean, those guys can make threes, obviously, but they're not Damian Lillard. But right. um, yeah, sometimes like Giannis doesn't set really hard screens for Dame at all. Like he kind of just half asses it. And it, they still have pretty effective pick and rolls. They just don't run them a whole lot. And again, I'm not like an X's and those guys, but I can, I can still see like, they don't look, they don't always look on. Sometimes the Mavs game, they looked awesome once they started pulling together. And I think that's what they can look like and what they hope to get to. And they still have a few months to build to that. But I think it's been frustrating just that it's taken, you know, we're already three or four months into the season. It's still a work in progress, but so definitely some chemistry. I think switching coaches too, like now they're gonna have to come up with new plays or build off of old plays yeah. that kind of use, you know, maybe concepts that doc has built in, but, um, but I, I don't know. It's some, when they still don't seem like, like a lost cause, you know, they still seem like they have fun when they're winning and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. You're like a little less optimistic than i thought you were going to be i thought you were going to just tell me everything's okay we're going to be good but one sec i want to get to so mike talked about like chemistry like on the floor but i don't know i know you stay a little bit more plugged in but you haven't heard any like rumblings like oh in the locker room like these guys no i, I don't chill. i think that all the rumblings you heard early in the season were like they don't trust griffin they think this guy's an idiot like or like they hated his schemes and it didn't fit the personnel that's what the rumblings were i mean and that came to a head obviously with doc i think with, with doc now the players respect him you know, he obviously had a championship before, so they know he's done it. It was, you know, 15 years ago at this point, but I think he commands Damn a little more respect. So, like, I, I don't get the, that sense that, like, Damian Giannis hate playing with each other. I think they like playing with each other. I think they're just trying to feel it out. Dame's been going through, like, a divorce, too, and some other personal stuff. So, like, that's really tough. He's away from his kids for the first time because I think they're still in Portland. So, like, I, that personal stuff seems to be affecting him because he's, he's playing well. He's still an all-star, but he's not, like, he's not the old Dame. And I, I don't think he necessarily will be or needs to be because in Portland, he was the only guy, right? Um, 
And we have well, even when he yeah. wasn't the only guy, he was the guy, right? So like, yeah, right. I think they had a guy who went to the Spurs who was pretty good. I can't think of. Yeah, that, he started his career with Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, and yeah. then and CJ him and CJ McCollum were good together too. But he was always the dude, and the other guy was yeah. the secondary dude. Yeah, and and I, I don't think necessarily. I think he knows that he's not the guy. Um, because if anything, I'd like to see him be more aggressive. And Giannis, sometimes I think Giannis is like, "Hey man, give me the ball, give me the ball," and like he needs to also take a step back sometimes. But but I, I don't know. I, I think they still they still show really good flashes and I, I am optimistic to a point. I, you know, I, I coming in here when, you know, an hour ago and I was thinking about getting ready for the pod, we were up by like 19 points against the jazz about to win back-to-back games on the road. They looked really good. So I was like, you know, I, I was feeling really good. So I don't know if I'm colored by just losing a shit game, you know, yeah, blowing a huge lead, but um, yeah. And like you said, it's been a couple bad ones, but I do think you can chalk stuff up to, you know, you get a brand new coach right when you're going on a West coast trip. Yeah. And like you already said, it goes nuggets, and then you have like an emotionally charged game. I didn't know about like the divorce stuff. I don't know if I would even hammer on that. But then he goes back to Portland. So I'm yeah, sure he gets yeah. to see his kids. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's got to be something fucking with your head yeah. in, in a game like that. And that one was still like a pretty good game against a pretty dog crap yeah. Portland team. Yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, I, I, I expect them to lose. Like their schedule just gets tough. And I don't expect them to rip off like a seven game win streak like anytime soon while they're still figuring out these concepts. Uh, so it's just frustrating to, to watch when they, they do like win, win a game or lead a game for a while and blow it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the East has opened up a bit. Like the Celtics are clearly the best team, but the Sixers being hurt, like I, you know, I don't, I don't see that them being as much of a threat. The Cavs and Knicks are good, but I think when push comes to shove and you play the guys way more in the playoffs, like Giannis is on the floor the whole time and we have the best player in those series. So you should be able to beat those teams. And I, I think the Celtics have some oh. flaws too. Like they're not like perfect. There were a lot of the old flaws we had as a Bucks team where their offense kind of sucks in the last five minutes and they, they struggle to get buckets or they, you know, they take tough shots and that comes to a head in the playoffs. And, you know, I, again, they, they're the most complete team there is that's our threat to us, but there's definitely some vulnerabilities and we can make a run for sure. Yeah. Like, I definitely yeah. think the Bucks, I guess, l- let me ask you that then from, so do you think this Bucks team took a step back from last year then? No, I don't think so. Like, so I think that you have to put that in context too, right? Where, we had a horrible first round loss. It was tough because Giannis was hurt. Like I think people kind of gloss over that. If Giannis doesn't get hurt, yeah. then we should win that series. And who knows how far we get. Um, but we were going into the season with the same team again. We would have had Drew, Brooke, Chris, and Giannis, and I, we just we'd be running it back. And I don't think much would have changed. So like, I don't know how the problems we had weren't going to change at all. And with with Dame coming in, the offense, even with our struggles we have, we have one of the top like three offenses in the league. Maybe it's fallen off a little bit the last few games, but like our offense still looks great and. When we turn it on and we score a lot of points, we, you know, that's how we win games. And uh, on the flip side, too, our defenses look a hell of a lot better with Doc, too. So, or like the last six or seven games. So that bodes well for when they get in the playoffs, they'll hopefully, you know, not be turnstiles on defense and things like that. So they're, they're definitely fixable things. Um, and I, I think, yeah, as far as taking a step back, like Giannis and Dame is just a better combination than Giannis and Chris, for example. Like Chris is older and he can still get buckets, but he just can't play with the same intensity all games. You know, Drew Holiday had limitations on offense that, you know, he made up for on defense. Yeah. But even then, like with the Heat series, he got like roasted by Jimmy Butler the entire series. So it's like, well, if he can't do the thing he's supposed to do, then you know, I don't, I don't know. So I, I, I still like the move, um, and I like you know, if it doesn't work out this year, we still have next year to kind of figure it out. And I don't know what the off season looks like. You know, it's going to depend on how they do in the playoffs. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say they're going to make a deep run because I do think that was like the one thing that the Heat could do better than most teams against us is just take Giannis completely out of the game where I just or often on the offensive side of the floor where I just 
don't think that's as much of an issue when you have Dame and Chris yeah. still, right. because like Chris would have rough games when they would do that. And he knew he had to be the dude. Yeah. And I just, and he was sometimes, I mean, everybody's seen that, but now it's like, he doesn't even have to necessarily be the dude. He still can be it, but hopefully it's, it goes to Dame. Yeah. And then if Dame can't do it, then Chris. Can yeah. Do it. Yeah. Like having Amber. Yeah, exactly. Like you just kind of the offensive options move down one peg. Right. So like now Chris is the third option. He's a hell of a, like a third option. Dame being on the floor, like opens up things so much for Giannis. And I, honestly, Giannis is having like a fantastic season. Um, you know, one of his best yet. And I think part of that's because the floor is opened up for him. And I still like our odds, like in the East, like any series we play, especially if Embiid's out, like we still should have the best player on the floor in any of these series. Like it should be honest. We need Dame to be a bit better. He's been kind of streaky on his shooting. Um, or he's not shooting as well as he has. So that's another thing too, where he didn't get as much off season work in apparently just knowing he was probably going to be traded and then like didn't get to open camp with Portland, uh, all that stuff. I think he just wasn't in like playing shape right away. So he's, He's some games he's getting there. The Mavs game, he looked awesome. He missed like one shot, but then tonight he was like, I don't know, five for 20, let's say. Like, so, like, and that's going to happen when you've got to shoot that much, but we haven't, we haven't got a whole lot of awesome Dane games where he just goes off for like 40 or 50. Like, and I think it's tough when you have Giannis because he's always going to take the ball away from him a bit, but I think he still has that in him. Um, he can do that, especially in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I personally haven't watched as much Bucks basketball as you, but. I think maybe that hasn't poisoned my brain uh, as much, yeah. but I do think like a lot of the things that you're saying is like, it just hasn't been enough time. I think people expect that shit to happen a little bit quicker than it really does happen. And I think this bus team is going to be fine, yeah. but it, we will try to wrap here pretty quick. So I'm going to ask you two more questions, but I'm going to do them one at a time. So what do you expect for the rest of the season? Like what seed, I guess to make it easier, what seed do we end up with uh, going into the playoffs here? Yeah. I mean, I don't see them taking over to the Celtics or the one seed. Um, it's just them being five games ahead is just tough because our schedule is going to be hard the rest of the year too. I I would expect them to hold the second seed. It, it kind of bunches up between two, three, and four. So I think for sure they should be in the top half. Um, I think they should finish second, maybe third, and I'd be fine with either of those. Obviously, the higher seed, you want to have home court advantage in these series. Um, but I, I would just say second if I had to pick. I think they figured it out a little bit. I like it. All right. And then our last question to take it home with you. Who's winning the Super Bowl next Sunday? Uh, Chiefs, for sure. I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes. I haven't heard you guys on any of the Super Bowl stuff yet. So off listening. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to count them out. And maybe people are writing off the 49ers because they struggled to win their last two games. But I, the Chiefs defense is, is pretty good. And I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, they, they could lose. They could get their ass kicked. But I don't know. I see it maybe in a closer game and the Chiefs pulling it out. I picked the Chiefs as well. <laughs> yeah. Mike, who so, do you have? I am on the Chiefs, right? Like, so that's where that's and, where I'm falling currently. You, okay. And you've already explained yeah, every reason why you. So, but I, I mean, you, I can explain you, to this uh, Kyle too. Like, like, I'm just, no, no, no. Because it'll be twice on the same. Yes. Yeah, people need to know. <laughs> this is the, this is like the standard, right? But uh, I just yeah. think that uh, Brock is like the guy who makes errors, you know, so. Yeah, I, he's so frustrating because I don't it's know. Good I, and bad at the same time, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like makes sense. He, he could make it me look stupid for saying that. I, I don't think he's all that great. Like I think he yeah, shows flashes at times, but like he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. And the Packers were unlucky to lose that game. The Lions were unlucky. The Lions weren't, weren't unlucky. I think they just like shit the bed. But there, yeah, yeah a little bit of unluckiness and shitting the bed. And then San Francisco. Mike and I talked about it last game. It's like it's the difference between a pretty good team and a really good team. Yeah. Detroit was pretty good. 
Like, but yeah, that's perfect. They shit down their leg, and then San Francisco took advantage of it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, clearing up our Bucks mind. Uh, so I'm going to be locked in now. I'm going to turn into the expert. Uh, but thank you as always for coming on, Kyle. We love you. And you got anything for closing? No, I don't. I don't have anything to plug. I don't have any pods or uh, other appearances. This is pretty much my only uh, only stop. Use Deloitte. <laughs> Use Deloitte if you're rich and you need an account. I, I, forgot. I, haven't, I haven't worked at Deloitte for eight years. <laughs> I know. I know. But I didn't know if it was like Artisan's company. Or yeah, Artisan's. Like that's what I work for. So. <laughs> okay use artisans if you're really rich yeah. and you need an account. invest in uh, our 401k or like your 401k so if you've got some artisan funds that you can invest in that's what i'm doing but yes like i said thank you for coming out appreciate yeah, no it problem. thanks guys yeah and those were our interviews with carrie blue kevin talking a little badgers basketball and canine kyle catching us up on the bucks uh appreciate those guys coming on they definitely Pay closer attention to those two teams uh, while the football season is still going on. But talking about football season, we got some Packers news, and I'm going to kick that to Mike with our defensive coordinator hire here. So, Mike, what do you All right, so the Packers hired Jeff Halfley, and really his, like, scheme or, like, ideals is, like, pressure, right, Um, is to put up – to pressure the corner or the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. And I'm pretty interested to see kind of how everything shakes out. It sounds like – our like our run game defensive side of the ball is gone and he's going to retain some other people and brings like some guys are being retained obviously like like that's the way it's going to go and then he's going to bring in some new blood as well in order to kind of finalize it out he has run a 4-3 uh historically through like his pro and college stuff however i don't know that he will change our overall defense I'm just not sure about where that goes there. However, he does feel like a guy that is excited about teaching football to guys, and that's kind of why he left Boston College. He was the former head coach at BC and didn't like the, I guess, politics of that or the recruiting, transfer portal, that kind of piece of it, and wants to just get back to dealing with football and not the boosters and bullshit that comes in college football. Yeah, my speculation on it would be, I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious. It's, it's going to be tough to be a college football coach, and it's going to be tough to be a college football pro- coach in a conference that's not the Big Ten or SEC. Well, and you're, yeah, and, with, and on top of that, like even in a big conference, he is the low man in the big conference. Um, I think that there is an opportunity to like feel real success in that, and even with the transfer portal taking the majority of your really high-end players, right? And that is that you're developing that player to go to the next level. You have to understand that there's going to be levels in college football and those levels are going to create like guys that jump to those levels, right? So you jump from the bottom level to the top level and you're going to, as a coach, have to be okay with your top player being like, I'm out of here. I'm headed to Ohio state from Boston college and just be like, that's what I wanted. I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him to end up in the NFL. Um, he spent two years here and then transferred out. He learned the things he needed to from me, and now he's onto this slightly higher level in college football. But that is tough, though. Like when you're on the bottom of yeah, the and that's we're right so where I he's could at. See right? that. Yeah, because I could see that. Like if you're the coach of Rice University in Texas, or like Toledo, or uh, I don't know, Boise yeah, State or Fresno State, like, that, or, like yeah. a max max school. But yeah, basically, he's going to have that guy jump ship, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go to Florida State." 
and then that kid's gonna be kicking his ass yep. the next yeah. year. Um, so, so yeah. That, now creating yeah. like, and then I think on top of that, um, and I talked about this just a bit on the other podcast, is that you're looking for guys that are exceptionally loyal, right? So the guys who jump ship or in basketball is a much better example. Like the I, I think it's IMG Academy. It's located in Florida, I believe. Like if you're jumping ship for that, like Wisconsin might not want that guy because he might be willing to jump ship for Kentucky when they call or Kansas when they call or Duke when they call, right? So like Wisconsin is in the mid-level of the elites. And so they're in a tough spot. They're upper middle class for sure. But they also do have the opportunity to scoop up some of those guys that are coming from the low level. And Boston College would have that same opportunity is that, oh, like you're leaving, I don't know, William and Mary. Like That's we're going to take you yeah. because we know you're a really high end player and we can compete with you here. Now, rebuilding your team every two years is going to be challenging, but you have to embrace that challenge. If you don't embrace that challenge and you just bitch about that challenge all the time, like then you can never succeed. If you embrace the challenge, which is going to be hard to do, like I'm not pretending that this is like an easy jump, but you have to embrace what college football yeah. is in order to be successful in college football. And I think that a guy like Nick Saban even realized this isn't the college football that I became successful in. I don't really want to be here anymore. I'm out. Yeah. I do think though it's in, let me preface this. Like, I don't think we know that much about Jeff Halfley. I don't know if you got any of that information from like factual, like interview. Uh, so I saw it. Cause I would say that was mostly spec on my end. It was all speculating on like why that job would be shitty and why you wouldn't. Um, it. But I do I think that from his mouth, I did hear like the coverage and like the scheme side of things, like letting players play and being aggressive. That is his style. I did see yeah. that come from his mouth. Now, whether he's that in the pros or not, I don't know. But like, that's the way he operated at Ohio State and at Boston College. But yeah, that's what I want to get into for just like a hot second is so we've been hearing like all oh, the floor three, but I don't know if it's at the point where it's like it's cyclical in football where four threes are going to come back and be effective. But in my mind, even since I was a kid. I was just never sold on four three. Like I know we ran it probably until the mid two thousands. But I just, yeah. But I just once I realized how much more unpredictable you could be out of a three four, uh, I just was like, why would anybody but go back to this? And then even how effectively you could stop the run in a nickel. So I don't think it's going to be he comes into town and just be able to be like, hey, we're going to put four down linemen and three linebackers. That's how we're going to roll for the rest of this thing. But I I don't think that's what he's going to do. But I do like the idea of more man coverage and more well, pressure. Because I think when you bring pressure, you got to bring man. Or you got to play man. You got to be able to play yeah. man. I mean, you definitely get blitz in zone, but I think you also. I'm like, so I'm excited about the change. I mean, as long as Halfway is not a halfwit like Joe Barry was. And uh, yes, I worked on that one for at least a bit, at least a bit for sure. And uh, I am pretty happy with it but i do feel kind of shitty calling joe barry halfway especially the way he coached the last two playoff games um but i think that like i'm excited about that i do feel like there's this opportunity for us to look worse especially since what we did against the cowboys and the niners was pretty remarkable it was like really good games out of the defense so i think we have the opportunity to look worse especially early on but i'm excited for an aggressive style of like if you beat me, you beat me, and I'll let my offense like run down and get more points. Yeah, just getting aggressive. All right, that will wrap up our Packers talk, and we are going to just move on to the Brewers real quick just because we had 
uh, <clears throat> big stuff happened with the Brewers. So Brewers trade Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles for shortstop uh, prospect. Well, I mean, I guess they've played a little bit of MLB time, but for Joey Ortiz, uh, shortstop prospect, 25 years old, and then uh, left-handed pitcher DL Hall, who is also 25 years old. Uh, just digging into these guys, the very little bit that I did, I got some of their MLB time last year. So this I'm only bringing up just because it's a little bit more interesting to me. So Joey Ortiz for Baltimore in the majors hit 212 in 33 at bats. So not much of a MLB uh, experience there. And whatever you, you're hitting 212 and 33 at bats, like I'm not worried about that. The only thing I found funny was his on base percentage was 206. So his batting average was 212, and his on base percentage was 206. So I don't even know. So it's got to be like a sack fly, right? Type thing, or like an error on an. No, because that would no, because sack flies wouldn't go as an at bat. Should have got a hit. I, it would. It would be errors. No, because errors would because put you on base. Would your on base percentage would be higher? But I don't think errors count for. I your think your on base percentage. I could be like, dumb. how often do you get on base? Where your average doesn't count no, towards your errors. You, you answered the question for me. I think that's what it had to be. He probably got on on an error, and I don't think errors help your on base percentage. Walks and hits help your on base and hit by pitch help your on errors base do percentage. Not. But errors, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're not going to look it up right now, but I'm pretty sure that's what it had to have been. Unless I definitely didn't read the number wrong because uh, I looked yeah, at it a couple times because I thought it was twenty. Yeah. But I, I do think you answered the question. Is like he must have got on with an error, or what I was looking at was wrong. That's a very uh, possible. Uh, yeah, if they mistyped it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but let's go down to his AAA stats uh, last year. So he hit 321 and had an on base percentage of 378. Hit nine dingers, had 58 RBIs in 88 games. So he was an absolute stud in AAA. Uh, so looking forward to that. And with that being said, I just got a notification yep. today that it looks like Willie Adamas is on the trading block. So I think this might be the reason why he's on the trading block. Not saying he's going to be able to step in and produce. They like said he's Adamas, a stud but Adamas was kind of, that's what I saw. I mean, okay. That, that is good to know as well. Cause I didn't look in too much into defensive stats because I feel like it's all eye test yep. with baseball, like defensive stats wise. Um, and scouting report. So if you heard that, that makes me feel better. Uh, looking at his picture, does look like he could pick him. He's a dude from uh, California. So the cool, cool dude uh, could get out there and get it. But then we have the other guy we got in the trade, DL Hall. So he was 3-0 and in the majors. I There was too much stats in the minor leagues. Uh, but where I even thought his major league stats were impressive. So he didn't have a start. But like I said, he was 3-0. and He had 18 appearances. And he had a 3.26 ERA uh, as a major leader last year. So that is a pretty good sign to see. Uh, I guess I don't really know. I guess I didn't look that up. If, if we expect him to be a starter down the line or if we just expect him to be like a bullpen arm. But that's my bad. I didn't even think well, of that. I would right imagine that our, <laughs> that our like scheme, like what we do with our bullpen and shit like that without uh, Greg will be a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I, I don't know if we have aspirations of him starting for us in the future because uh, we gave up Burns for him. I assumed off the top of my head, I was like, oh, we must have got like a guy who we think is right. going to be able to start for us. Uh, but I don't know if that is to be fact. And then we got the 34th overall pick in the 2024 draft, which 
we kind of had this conversation in text message. I don't know if you participated too much, but it did seem like with what happened last year with Burns and arbitration, oh, yeah. and it looked like we just kind of like pissed him off. And I also do think, granted, uh, I do not like the move that Greg Council made, but I do think there was some front office stuff. Like they might have been telling him, he's like, you know, we're not going to be able to pay your Burnses and your stuff like that. So we're going to have to refresh the guys, let them go somewhere else and get paid and, and get younger again. And I am looking at the stuff that we've been doing. I really like what we're doing. I don't think our pitching staff is going to be as good. How can it be? It'd be almost, yeah, almost impossible to be uh, losing a Cy Young and in Burns. And I love Corbin Burns. He's one of my favorite brewers. And I think he always will be, but I do like kind of the direction this team's going, uh, with just getting younger and, and I guess I'll go to the free agent that's been popping up the most. So I think it's probably our biggest free agent signing that we have had. I guess I didn't look into like pitchers too much, but we get Rice Hoskins, uh, first baseman. He's, he was a Phillies dude. Yeah. First baseman Phillies guy. Uh, I don't think he played last year. I forgot. I didn't look up all of his stuff, but on his career. So he hit 242, 148 home runs. And I want to say in the 2022 season, he hit like 260 with uh, upper 20s of home runs, maybe 30s. 34 is ringing a bell to me. So that's a solid one. And then in the Brewers system, we have our boy Tyler Black, who is coming up. He's going to be at spring training this year. And He's been in double A, so I, I got to see him play uh, for the Shuckers. Um, but he's a third baseman slash first baseman. So if ultimately he can end up being the guy, uh, that would be great. Uh, but yeah, it, it does look like, oh shit. Yeah, no, Tyler Black's third baseman. So to me right now, it looks like our defense and lineup is pretty set. And it looks like it could be pretty decent. All right. Do you want no, me to I, like I don't think we need to do that just yet. Um, I think it could change, right? So if we're moving Adamus and we're making some moves there, like our pitching should change a little bit, and our um, infield should change a little bit. We, I'm assuming Ortiz is going to be our starter at shortstop, where Adamus is someplace else, which I, disappoints me to some extent. And then on on another level, is like, all right, let's let's go, let's refresh the team, let's figure out how we win with this team. And that's where I wish we had Craig Council because I think he looks at the game and he's like, this is how I win with this particular team. Where some managers don't do that. They're just like, go out there and play baseball, you know? And uh, hopefully we got a guy that looks at the game and says, if I do this and this and this on a consistent basis, we're going to end up winning more games than we lose. Yeah, no, I think you brought up a great point, though, with Adamas being on the trading block because I think that's got to go for pitching right now. Because with the prospects that we have and stuff, yeah, I do think our pitching rotation, something I haven't looked into too deep yet, because I can't remember if Woodruff is going to be out for a long period of time, but I I feel like he is. And that's going to be our ace that's gone. But I will say, and I'll try not to be too long-winded here, but I think our lineup looks better than it's looked in a long time. And I think our defense is going to be great uh, with, with what we have going on the field right now. So I'm looking forward to this season. I think we took a step back in pitching. I think we took a step up uh, in the lineups or whatever batting, hitting, whatever you want to call it, uh, with our young guys having more time now and just getting to grow into better players. And Jackson Cheryl, Sal Frelick, uh, Garrett Mitchell, 
in the outfield, like great outfield right there. If they can stay healthy, I, I don't know. It, there's just a lot of upside, but I guess that being said, there's kind of a lot of like question marks in that. I'm just assuming they're all going to be great, but that's not how it always is. Yeah. I mean, you'd like guys to be, you know, top end guys. I don't know if that's always the case. Um, I was trying to look and see if like Woodruff had something coming that I didn't know about, but I can't find it very quickly. So there's that. Um, no, I just saw something about some Renaud's uh, syndrome or whatever. I don't know what that is, but then there's like some murder shit. Some youth was convicted of a horrific crime of killing his parents or something. So I don't think that's our pitcher. <laughs> no, I don't think that's Brandon Woodruff, but it is uh, Brandon Woodruff. It's just not the pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. I assume, oh, yeah. I assume. So last I knew, so undergoes shoulder surgery, likely to miss all of the 2024 season. So we're not going to have Woodruff next year. So it's going to be a young team. All right. So like into it, I didn't realize he was going to miss the so whole season. Let's just like touch on our starting five from last year, which would have been like Woodruff, Peralta, Burns. I'm trying to like, there was a, uh, Ashby at, okay. Yeah. And there was the old dude, right? Like, uh, Hauser. I felt like we Hauser. had like a guy that left us. Came back, but was old when he got to us too. Played for the Diamondbacks. I feel like in my Wade yeah, Miley was he a Diamondbacks guy? I can't remember. I think we got him from Toronto. Right. But our, like, yeah, I think he's been all but over, yeah. right? But um, is he with the team again yeah. this year? So we. So right now it looks like our pitching staff is going to be Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Joe Ross, Colin Ray, and Robert Gasser. Uh, but our bullpen looks like it's going to be pretty electric with Devin Williams coming back. Uh, I always messed up this guy's name, Joel Piumps, Abner Uribe, and then Hobie Milner. But yeah, whatever. No, no, we, don't we don't have, have to list them all the whole roster. Like, I was just wondering like, kind of where our starting rotation was at. And so seems down compared to last year. But like, yeah, it's maybe I'm just ignorant too. For sure. It could be better than last year. No, it seems shaky for sure, but we have been talking here for a while, had two interviews in this one, so I think we're going to have to wrap it up, but as always, we love you guys. Thank you for the support. Please go out, like, subscribe, download, download on other devices like Mike will tell you, and Mike, what else do you got? If you're doubting the Packers, the Brewers, the Bucks, or the Badgers, you can eat our shorts. Roll. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Eat my shows. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Eat my shows. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Eat my shows. Eat my shows.